This is the Retro Wet Shaving Podcast with your host, Dave Danu. Hello, I'm Dave Danu, aka Dispatching Shaver, and welcome to the Retro Wet Shaving Podcast, where I talk to friends and film enthusiasts about their wet shaving experiences. A huge thanks to Ian Kane from the Village Barber, who shared his fantastic knowledge and experiences, and was certainly a lot of insights. Um, I loved Ian's passion and honesty. Please go and check the Village Barber for all your pre and post shave essentials. You won't be disappointed. Welcome to episode 36. This gentleman has been in the male grooming business for three decades and has taken on the big boys. His products are well known on the British high street with a passion for, for sustainability and creating natural and high performance software. Ladies and gentlemen, Will King from King of Shaves joins me. Hi, Will. How are things on the Isle of Wight? So what a delight to join you in our 30th year of shaving lives. Um, my name is Will. I founded a shaving brand, King of Shades, back in the day. But my true passion is sailing. My brother's is football, and we'll come on to that later, as he kind of owns a well-known football club. Some of you may not know, or may know. But mine's sailing. I now live in the world centre of yachting, which is cows on the Isle of Wight, talking to you this evening. Um, and, yeah, it, it's a pleasure to be with you. And also to perhaps um, go through... What three, goodness me, three decades, 30 years of shaving lives has been like, age 26 when I started, now 58. They are old, but still beardless, because <laughs> wealth and trust is clean shaven, as any politician or self-made billionaire will know. It really is an honour having you. I think I saw your products in um, a high street store the other day. Um, so it really, really is an honor having you here today. Um, yeah, I just want to say, you. I like being with you, <laughs> it really is. Um, so for those who are not familiar with King of Shaves, um, how was the company founded and how did you get into the male grooming business? Goodness me, so this is kind of surreal. So last week, in fact, Monday, I was at the Great British Entrepreneur Awards, um, with Dave Caldwell who founded Phones for You, and and, so, um, and Dame Mary Perkins, who founded Specsavers. And I founded King of Shades back in the early 1990s. I've been made redundant. I, I was basically, people running my company were driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis and um, not investing in the conference and event production company I worked for. We had a big recession in the early 1990s. Those of you who are old enough to remember, might remember mortgage rates hitting nearly 14% on your mortgage, a little challenging. And um, a long story short, I was made redundant from my job as a event production um, businessman and lost everything. So went from having a company BMW, earning 42 grand a year, company credit card, meeting Frank Bruno, Prince Charles, doing lots of big events to having a bike basically, and was kind of upset about that um, date. And I decided to do two things. First of all, was to be the master of my own destiny. So back myself, I studied engineering. Um, I'm not an academic, but I studied engineering at Portsmouth Polytechnic University. And I decided to make a product because 
although we weren't launching products for companies like Duracell or Braun, um, we were the service industry and easily dispensable. And yet batteries were still required to power the Braun razors that a company called Gillette owned all of that. And um, I made a product and I hated shaving. Um, my dad had bought me a Hitachi foil electric shaver, I think, for my 18th birthday, because I hated it so much. It was like rash. It was painful. I had um, spotty skin. Back in the um, 1980s, ladies and gentlemen, you had to wear a suit. You had to wear a tie. You had phones that were connected to the wall by cord. You um, sent letters using postage stamps. And you watched the news at 6 o'clock or 10 o'clock. Um, and he wore a suit and tie. And 99.9% of men were clean shaven. Only terrorists, Dave, and geography teachers had beards then. <laughs> and I hated shaving. So having studied engineering at Portsmouth Poly, now university, knowing oil lubricated, the body shop was huge in the early 90s with the late Dame Anita Roddick. And I thought, oh, oil lubricates and um, not engine oil, Dave, natural oils, essential oils. Long story short, I invented shaving oil, a blend of a carrier oil and essential oils. Hand filled a thousand of them in my kitchen sink. Um, got a couple of people to invest in me with 15 grand, and mum and dad chipped in two and a half grand. Um, spent two weeks hand bottling the 10,000 bottles because didn't have any money. Rang up Mr. Mohammed Al Fayed, currently starring in the um, current season of The Crown. 0207-629-1234 is the Harold switchboard. It was asked to be put food to him. He listed King of Shaves on receipt of the facts the next day. Boots picked it up the next year. And we took off like a space rocket in 1993, 94. 95, I bought Shave.com for £18. Nobody knew what the internet was in 1995. I should have bought Gillette.com and um, probably harrys.com and nivea.com and l'oreal.com but <laughs> just bought shave.com and kingofshaves.com for 18 quid standing outside a pub in a small village in Buckinghamshire on the credit card found a small brand called Ted Baker that was doing about 15 million quid in sales at the time convinced their founder Red Ray Kelvin to let us design some fragrances for him licensed it and somehow, in all of the 1990s, we were the only men's grooming brand to launch and challenge Gillette. The only one. Wow. Now, there are gazillions of them. They are out there. They are everywhere. Beard brands, shaving brands. But we were the first. And I guess that's why, you know, surname King, first name Will, I'm known within my entrepreneur space as like the original challenger brand. Um, one of my friends is Greg Jackson, who founded Octopus Energy, the big energy co. I inspired him to do that, along with Adam Minto to found Revolution Beauty, another one of my friends. Um, I was the guy that took on the impossible in the 90s and um, paved the way for a lot of change, a lot of challenger brands to believe they could do it too. In short, I hated shaving. I, I shaved with my own products. I backed me. And we went from shaving just my life to now, I think, 17 or 18 billion people shaved. So quite a few people. 
Well, I mean, I've got to say, um, I am a '90s kid. I grew up. Um, that's my era. I love the the music. How, and the how old are you? How old? How old are you? How old uh, are you? Just turned thirty-seven. Wow. So, how old are you when I found it then? Uh, about six, seven. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Speaking, you know, I've got a twenty-four-year-old son, Cameron, who plays for Bedford Blues Rugby, number eight, and um, life comes at you fast, though. It does. I cannot believe I'm fifty-eight, but I did King of Shades at twenty-six. Fair play. Love it. Um, but while I was going with the 90s, it was an exciting decade. We had um, the Britpop era in this country. We've had like this like lad Dude. culture. And I want to link that to Dude. the to the magazines that we had, or one of them, yeah. I know we still have, like your, your FHMs, your Loaded. That must have been great for you because you'd have had all that. I know those magazines have got like the, the male grooming sections. That would have been a great yeah. sized, yeah. great place to start. Yeah, look, so that's, you know, really unusual that you brought that up because that moment in time was very unusual. You had the emergence of the internet happening. So that came along in 1993, four, five, and I bought for £18. Nobody knew what that was, the internet, really. Yeah, they had no idea what HPPS, colon, slash, slash, forward, www.com was. Nobody did. A bit like Bitcoin, you know, a bit like AI now, ChatGPT, yeah? yeah? And I have a, um, an internal curiosity, so I, I naturally get involved in things that are new and fortunately bought shape upon for 18 quid. The men's magazines thing happened because you had a lot of women's magazines um, catering for young, young girls and, and young women, and there was nothing for men. You had Britpop happening in a big way, so Oasis, the, the Blur, and huge music. You had a new government in with the Labour government, Tony Blair, and you had this explosion in men's magazines, and coincidentally, I happen to have one here, loaded. This is the May 1999 issue, which I think, along with FHM, sold a million copies in a month. Wow. Which was huge. That's £2.80, yeah? million copies that's 2.8 million at cover price it was a massive magazine you can see how thick it is um quite racy but it was editorial and it was the precursor to magazines like shortlist launching a decade later for example stylist and they needed to fill the magazine with editorial and, and of course Men's grooming was part of that. Unfortunately, at King of Shaves, we had a good PR company that I had Sophie Rees-Jones, now Countess of Wessex, is my PR manager, working for Brian McLaurin and McLaurin Media. Um, and we, we were featured and pretty much, as I said, we were the only men's shaving brand, any, only men's grooming brand to launch in the whole of the 1990s. Grooming, so you had Lynx, Lynx that launched, late 90s. But it was Gillette, it was Wilkinson Sword, and that was it. So we had a moment in time where our awareness became huge very quickly because millions and millions were reading this, and I was interviewed for it, Shaving Blade Supremo. But that's now, what, 23 years ago, 24 years ago? You know, this is like an almost... Those, like my son looked at it and he goes, what, they can sell men's magazines like half-naked women with <laughs> on it. 
I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah? But of course, you can look at that sort of content online, of course, now. But then you couldn't. And that was huge in our success. And, and success and happiness in life, Dave, is often in timing. Yeah, it, it's timing. A lot of success in sailing is timing, the wind shift, the tidal, gates being in the right place, right time. And it's, it's, you know, it's hard work, of course, a bit of luck, but it's being there at the right time. And for me and KOS, it was just the timing was just off the scale. And unbelievable, really. It was only us versus Gillette in the whole of the 1990s, early noughties. Only us versus Gillette. Isn't that incredible? No Harry's, no Dollar Shave, nothing. I mean, no, hundreds of them. I mean sticking with the 90s, you, you obviously got to compete with, you know, the, the, the Gillettes and also the Wilkins the Swords. But, um, I, I mean, I'm... Uh, I reached on Netflix. I saw the Beckham documentary, and in that documentary, we, yeah. documentary yeah. we see Beckham and Brill Cream. Um, obviously, I don't know if that would have been a competitor for you, but obviously in the male grooming space. Um, yeah. I mean, that influence I'll with... I'll tell you a story about that. I'll tell you a story about that. I mean... Go for it. So, so Beckham was the Spice Girls, yeah? That was huge. Late 90s. Beckham was huge. Cantonar, who are Cantonar. That was huge. And Beckham started dating Posh. And we then read that Real Cream, which is basically an old school 1930s hairstyling lotion. It's what the RAF pilots used to style their hair with. So never a competitor to King Shane's because it was hairstyling was its um, core competence, not Shane. And they did this deal with Beckham, yeah? I'm going, wow. And I'll come on to this why it's relevant. So I did a deal with John Terry down the track and Beckham did a deal with Gillette and it's all quite surreal. Um, but anyway, by the time it was announced, Beckham had shaved his hair off and he was, he was like done a crew cut. So he was having his mayor cold. I think it was after the World Cup maybe where he got kicked and, you know, he kicked the guy. And I guess Brill Cream, I may be wrong in this, he needs to fact check, but he signed a deal, England in the World Cup, he had these big locks. He then got sent off. It was in a nightmare. Everybody hated him. And genuinely, everybody hated David Beckham, yeah? Like, hated him. And he literally threw cut his head, his hair off, and then the launch had was with Brokery, and we just pissed our pants, yeah? We couldn't believe it, because he had no, he had no hair. Style. But he was the first, um, what you now call brand ambassador, to align himself in the modern age, i.e. the internet age, with a brand, and they look at Brand Beckham, where he is now, authentic brands, and um, his football club, and Messi, and this, and that, and the other. But he was, yeah, he was directional, and I'm sure then led me as a founder, CEO, and many other brands to align themselves with celebrity culture, which we did. Brilliant. I mean, yeah, you got that. Um, obviously, I, I want to they're from the celeb culture of the 90s to moving on to your products. Um, I want to start from like, the software side. I mean, you have got something for everyone here. Um, for those who do have sensitive skin, um, you've got the the cooling shave gel, um, one for the menthol heads, as I like to call it out there. Um, you've got the the the, 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 the antibacterial shave gel, um, no yeah. foam, two-in-one dual-use shave cream and moisturizer. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's the some stories behind the I'd love to hear the them. Stories behind them all. I'd love to hear so them. All of that stuff, so all of that stuff. So, for example, you talk about 
shaving software. I invented that terminology, yeah? So I used to talk about shaving software, so that would be the operating system, the Windows, let's say, or the, um, you know, iOS now. And then you had shaving hardware that was your IBM or your Apple, yeah? Yep. So I invented that terminology, late 90s, early noughties, and it was picked up on by, like, the big market research companies like Taylor Nielsen, IRI, and they were start talking about shaving hardware, shaving software. That was me, yeah? So I'm trying to make this relatable to things like Apple and computing, yeah? Because shaving, it's quite, it's quite boring. It's quite mundane. A lot of people hate it. 60-odd percent. Uh, and now are ambivalently bearded slash stubbly slash not quite shaved slash whatever. In my world, in 30 years ago, everybody was clean shaven. Everybody. Or you're a boring junkie teacher or you're a bad guy terrorist, yeah? That's the reality of it. When you then came to products, you've got to remember when I launched King of Shaves, all you could buy my friend, was a can of Gillette's Foamy, yeah? A can of recently launched series shaving gel, the best a man can get, yeah? Which is basically a, what's called a post-foaming shaving gel. So it comes out as a gel, but it foams at room temperature, it boils at room temperature to look like a foam, yeah? Yep. And the origins of can shaving foam come from a company called S.C. Johnson, who owned the Edge shaving brand in North America. It was a furniture polish back in the 1960s. And Edge had developed a furniture polish that foamed out of a can that you polished your wooden surfaces with. And some clever type at S.C. Johnson thought, oh, that looks like a barber's shaving foam that you had to whip out of a mug. And you'd have it dispensed. It's like Mr. Whippy of cream, yeah, basically. And it's a huge con because the amount of lubricants in it versus, and I know you're an aficionado of um, WD shaving, you know, with the cream, yeah. with the lube, with all of that, that, you know, whether it's with Trumpers, whether it's with whoever, there's a lot of lubricants, what are called emollients in those. Shaving foam out of the can, mate? No, it's yeah, but very well marketed. So it originally was a furniture polish. Gillette launched Gillette series. It had shaving foam, and that is all you could buy in a can. That was it. That was it. And because I'd got razor burn from it, I didn't like it. And then, obviously, inventing shaving oil, a mass you know, taking that into the mainstream, shaving with an oil, that can never work. Oh, my God, it just so did. Like, people go, you've changed my life. The amount, there'll be thousands, you know, tens of thousands of people. I've changed their life because they didn't get razor burn. In the armed forces, remember, this is the time of the Iraq war and stuff there. Armed forces are clean shaven. Yep. Don't have beers, you've got to put a gas mask on, you've got to have a clean shaven. We were huge in the armed forces with our little shaving oil. So it wasn't a big can of shaving gel you need to carry around in your, in your backpack when you're out in Iraq or Afghanistan. Tiny so little shaving oil, yeah? So they forced to loved it. And we pioneered shaving software. And then the products that you just mentioned, the varieties of them, 
we launched an original shaving oil, yeah, which was our first one. We then did one with aloe in it and vitamin E, because Boots asked us, say, can you do another product? So we did another product. And then they said, well, can you do any more? And we invented a range called the K-Series, which was mass men's skincare 28 years ago. So moisturizers with SPS in them, post-shave gels, scruffing products, um, and soothing gels. Launched that, 1996. We were the only brand that had men's so the, they, the products you mentioned, the, the various ones that we had, those were obviously launched over a number of, of years. But we did the original shaving oil, then Boots said, can you do another one? So we did with some vitamin E and aloe vera in it. And we basically were the company that aloe vera, aloe, into the men's space. They then said, what else can you do? And we said, don't know, what can you, what, what would you like? And they said, anything, because like you're taking it off like a space rocket. So we pioneered and invented um, the shaving gels in the tube, which we called alpha gels. So they didn't post foam. We had 10x aloe in there. Gillette always copied us and they could never get it right. They'd put like 0.0% of aloe in it. <laughs> and we invented that tube shaving gel format um, with the King of Shaves um, alpha gels, they were called, because they had aloe in them. And we launched three, two of those, a blue one and then the cooling one you mentioned called Super Cool Methyl. Yep. And at the time, there was a brand called Original Source that had the very tingly peppermint in it. If you put that near your bits, it wasn't a, wasn't a good thing to wash your bits with. <laughs> and it was huge in the late 90s, yeah? And we thought, oh, we, we'll do that for shaving gels. So it gave you that cooling. So we introduced menthol into that cooling shape. And then in 2001, my dad said, you know, he'd been an investor now since 93 with a few quid. And we cashed him out nearly a million quid, mum and dad, yeah, in 2004. And he said, oh, why don't we do, you should do one for young, young people with spots. So we did one called, it was just called King of Shape. We called it Anti-Back, yeah? Biggest seller today. It's got a lot of tea tree in it. And it was a spot killer. Loads of kids used it for their face wash. And we invented that whole young people's problem-solving area. The shave cream, I think we talked about the two-in-one shave, um, shave and moisturizer. That we were sorry, 12, 30, 40 years ago, because somebody said, why don't you do a shave cream? We go, well, because we haven't come up with a product that's better than other ones out there. But then we did. So we invented shaving serum. And then in 1999, we had the Millennium coming along. We launched an oil called Connexium, which is the King of Shaves next Millennium, which is now our advanced shave oil. And that was silicon. And then you could use, you can't use them now because of cosregs, cosmetic regulations. You can now, you could then. They're not bad for you, but they're just not allowed to be used. So silicon as a lubricant, it spreads out very thin. Like, I won't say molecular thin, but it's very thin, much more than natural oils. And we used silicon, and it was like dimethicone. It was called. And um, it was astonishingly good. Like, so good, it was like out of this world. We did some ads around out of this world shave, called it Connection. And that took off like a space rocket. So, a lot of the formats that your listeners will be familiar with, other than 
can shaving gel, which has been around since the early 60s, 70s. We invented those formats. We pioneered those. And pretty much everybody has stood on the shoulder of, you know, what we did 10, 20 years ago. Yep. And then built their brand into the sector, whether it's Percy Nobleman in beers, whether it's Revolution Men into men's, whether it's L'Oreal Men Expert in 2004, Dove Men Plus Care, Nibia for Men, Harry's Dollar Shave, you name it. We were the first to almost set open the floodgates for that, which has been fantastic for, for men and skin and yeah, you know, overall, and I'm delighted with that. That's absolutely fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff, and um, you know, there's a lot of guys that listeners um, they they're really into like the software side. So um, yeah, that's a fascinating story and uh, the way you, you pioneered those products. Um, I'd like to move on to the hardware side. Um, you've got a range of um cartridge razors. I believe that yeah, the the K3 and K5 models. Um, someone that uses double edge razors and single edge blades. Um, I mean, I've I've got to ask you this one. Um, and I think people um. Uh, fellow listeners as well will, will be uh pretty thinking the same thing um how um how or is there a plan to launch double-edged razors in the future um have you ever considered also like on the hardware side like the traditional way of like using shaving brushes as well okay so this is you know where where king of shaves is arguably made and arguably broke um you know with me as a fan i was a fearless guy yeah and in the early noughties, you could kind of, there was a lot to do with self-belief. So I launched our Exceed range, which was a men's cosmetics range. You think more paint for men now, you think what Revolution Man is doing. I launched our XCD range in 2003 at Jay-Z's nightclub with Jay-Z and Beyonce present in New York City. Yeah. Um, into 8,500 CVS stores and boot stores with a men's cosmetic range, because I could. Yeah? Because I could. Now, we're going back 20 years now. I start looking at razors and blades, which is Gillette, the Gillette company's um, stronghold. A Gillette razor cartridge costs Gillette about four pence to make. Four P. It sells at your local boots for maybe £3.50. Now, if you live in a world of product margin, you'll know that that's um, a punchy product margin. That That's up there with Red Bull. That's up there with Starbucks. That's up there with the drop boxes. It's a 94% GP1, yeah? It's basically a cash flow machine gun, yeah? Four pence, and you sell it at four quid. Yeah, if you do the math. So it's a lot, a lot of margin. So we trademarked King of Blades, because it's got the surname King, managed to get that trademark. We've had takeover approaches from competitors. And I guess I thought perhaps I was arrogant enough to want to make my own razor, which, as I close the door to the washing machine, um, I, I set off on a journey to do. And I took myself out of running the business. I appointed my an MD, Andy Hill, who's still with me, Andy, after 30, you know, 28 years. And we launched, ended up launching Asa, um, which was the first competitor system razor brand to ever launch other than Wilkinson Sword against Gillette. Yeah? First one in 100 years. 
the only one. Gillette had been bought for $57 billion by P&G in 2005, $57,000 million. And we went up against them, and it was tarnished. It was brutal, yeah, because Gillette half-priced their handles, and they never went off half-price until we finally, you know, I was sadly exited the market in 2014 when I stepped down after a Hyperglide launch, and we didn't get that sold. So investment bankers, it was very challenging, I was very tight. They never came off that half-price handle until King Shows left the market. And now if you go into a Tesco or a Boots, all you're going to see is kick Gillette. You're going to see a bit of Harry's. Harry's um, basically supplied private label raises, and they've lost nearly £50 million in the UK since 2014. Bit of Wilkinson sword, and that's it. So I went into the system space hard, okay? And I don't regret it, but we raised a lot of money. We invested a lot of money. The outcome wasn't as I would have hoped. You know, perhaps with Dougie buying Coventry, you know, I guess you want to end up winning the Champions League, yeah? Or getting into the Prem and winning the Prem or winning the FA Cup. And, you know, the success, happiness of me was even playing in that space with Gillette. Because we were the only people keeping them honest. There was nobody else. There was nobody else up against Gillette. And that's, again, why I'm highly regarded, apparently, as entrepreneurs. I took them on. Tried to disrupt them in the market. To answer your question with DE raises, issue with double-edged raises is you buy an expensive handle, which is normally expert machine out of um, you know, metal. So let's call EG, Edwin Jagger, who we've collaborated with before, with Neil Jagger out of EJ. Um, on his, I think, 318 series we did with Cozino a few years back. You have an expensive handle, which is actually very unsophisticated, okay, in reality. It bends the blade, you screw it down, you've got a certain aperture and a certain angle of attack. These very thin pieces of stainless steel that go in there cost plumpence, yeah? Plumpence is nothing. So when you replace them, there's no real desire as a manufacturer to invest in it because all you're making is 0.005p, if that. Okay. Yeah? Unlike a printer cartridge for an HP, that, it's called the razor and blade replacement one, yeah? Gillette made it famous. Apple do the same with an app store, yeah? Every time you go on the app store, 30% to Apple. DE shaving, because... There is no commercial, huge commercial value being in the replacement. It was only in the printer, yeah, the handle. Nobody bothered, couldn't be asked, didn't want to go into it. There's never any money to be made in it. And because you need to be skilled in how you shave in that way, so it's very easy to cut yourself. It's almost impossible to cut yourself Mac 3, Fusion, King of Shades, K5, K3, very hard to cut. DE shaving, very easy, as you'll know, to cut yourself. Yeah. It starts bleeding, and you've got to get the zinc, you've got to get that stick, and you're going to bleed it. Oh, no, it's a nightmare. And then if you're out with your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner, oh, no, I've got blood, oh, no, it's a nightmare. Um, 
so it's very likely that the whole area of, of double edge shaving, D shaving, old school shaving, it will never become mass because now kids don't really care about shaving anyway. They're ambivalent. You work from home with your stubble behind your screen, having your Starbucks, doing whatever you're doing. Um, it, it, there's no money in it, is what I'm saying. But it's the, how the aficionado shave. And I've had a Merca Future. I've had an EJ.318, um, stainless steel, high-end stainless steel. Um, I, I've done it. But it's, you know, it's, it's skill. And often men just don't have that time to do it. But you clearly value it. And it's important. 100%. It really is. But um, now that's uh, backstory to hardware. No, that's fascinating. And, and um, thank you for clearing that up. I was really, really intrigued about that. Um, you said there's no money in it, but I know that Gillette, um, they have this like King C range. King C Gillette. Yeah, it does nothing. Ten, that's basically an attempt to take us out as a brand because they looked at King C. So the funny thing, you're in, what's the first name of Mr. Gillette? What is his name? I'll tell the truth, I don't know. King. The, name iron, is King the, the irony of Camp it. Gillette. So King Camp Gillette invented the safety razor, allegedly, although he didn't, but he says he did. Why in 400 odd years, Will King, William Ashley King is my name, does King Shades, was going to call it Sunrise, because I was born in Lowestoft in Suffolk, where the sun rises first on the East Coast. Played cards with my dad, called, he said, Surname King, why haven't you called it King of Shades? I said, Oh, I don't know, but he said, It's your name. So I did. Tried to trademark it, 1993-4, got rejected. Got, and I was a bit sad about that. Because you've got to own the trademark, yeah? You've got to own the intellectual property people. You've got to own the IP, yeah? Coca-Cola, trademark, formulation. Never patented the Coke. Um, so nobody can ever know what it is. Gillette have patents, but know-how. A bit upset about that. Anyway met a, a lady called Catherine Sutcliffe somehow in, at an event. And I said, oh, I'll try to train my King Shaves. They wouldn't let me have it. She said, oh, let me look into that. Anyway, Marks and Clark represented me. And I argued, they argued at the European Court of Human Rights that my inalienable right to call my shaving product King of Shaves was down to me being born with a surname King. Yeah, it could have been shit of shades. <laughs> Mr. Shit of Shades, yeah. But it was not. It was Mr. King. So I got the trademark King of Shades, which pissed Gillette right off because they'd never, ever, and they, of course, could have done, trademark King of Shades. And to this day, I know, because we renew trademarks every 10 years, you, renew, you, you have it for life, as long as you renew. It was one of the things that was talked about in the Gillette company for decades. How we, the Gillette Company, do not own King of Shaves, the trademark, or Shave.com, the TLD. Anyway, brilliant. Funny, brilliant. Funny. I absolutely love that. Um, sticking with um, King of Shaves, um, I recently discovered during a certain um, football shirt uh, sponsor. Um, so, yeah, um, linking with that from. Let's go lower stuff to more of the Midlands to Coventry. Um, you know the shirt sponsor for for the for the well known Championship side. Um, 
I just want to know how did that come about? Um, I mean, have the the shirt sponsor has is that? I mean, it's surreal. But have surreal. you? One, it's surreal. But has like players, fans, staff members have they got into wet shaving at all from the from the shirt sponsor? You'd have thought they would do, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But let me give you the context of it. So I, I found a king of shaves, age 26, 1993, yeah? And I've got a brother, Doug, who studied mathematical engineering, and he hates to lose. <laughs> and he was a, a, a trader, oil trader, and then he went on to create his own hedge fund. We'll come back to him. And then Pete, my younger brother, our younger brother, who studied chemical engineering. Anyhow, I found a King of Shaves early 90s and obviously it took off and huge. Dougie quietly was working away in the background and um, he, he, as you do, um, somebody invested in him a few million dollars and he turned it into two and a half billion dollars by being a very good hedge funder, as um, my girlfriend describes it. I'm going to get into hedge funding, Will, because that looks like a good income earning business, which it is. If you're good at it, yeah? If you're good at it, lose a lot of money as well. Um, and he was always very private, um, Doug. And Pete worked with us both. Um, he was in the oil and um, chemical industry. Anyhow, in late 2000, and goodness me, 22, I, I when, you, when, you, when you take off, when, it, when your business is successful, you can do a lot of things. You actually have a lot, kind of a lot of money. And one of the things I did is I bought an acre of land in the West Indies in Grenada, a West Indian island, bought it unseen, did not know what it looked like, but paid for it. Turned out to be quite good. Built a villa on it, and then 22 years later was selling it. And last year, November, landed on route to Grenada in St. Lucia to get a text message from um, Dougie, my brother, on our King Brothers WhatsApp, saying... Just brought Coventry City scary emojis and unbelievable. Yeah, he'd gone from being invisible, Doug, who was very generous and very successful hedge fund leading guy, to buying Coventry. Yeah, so it was like, and it still is very surreal, Dave, to be honest with you. We're from Lowestoft in Suffolk, and I think he'd perhaps approached Delia Smith to buy Norwich, and she didn't want to sell. Doug has a very successful manufacturing company called Yellow, yellow.com in Stratford, which does rapeseed oil um, and rape cake for cows. To, so he feeds the M&S cow herd who make milk and eat and beef. All the oil for like PepsiCo, all the burgers, all, all of that. His company does that. He built that from scratch, yeah, manufacturing, in Leamington on Spa. Sorry, um, in, yeah, in, in Leamington. And Coventry, I think, he found out was, it was owned by some, a company called Sisu Capital, I think, that everybody hated, for whatever reason, they hate them. And somehow or other, Doug bought it in six weeks and kept it from everybody, including like me, my son, my dad, everybody. He spoke to his wife about it, obviously. And then Mike dropped it, and we could not believe it, yeah, because we're just, honestly, three lads in our 50s now. Mum and Dad were teachers. We went to comprehensive school in, in Lowestoft and Suffolk. Then suddenly he's done to own a Prem club, yeah, and you know he's putting 100 million. 
and he put it in interest-free. Then he didn't get the stadium of Mike Cashley. Um, Mike Cashley, did you see what I did there? Cashley. Um, <laughs> and, and, and suddenly, we're at the games. And I think I, t- I spoke to you earlier. I was saying I was shit at football when we were growing up. Yeah? Hated it. So Doug and Pete would put me in goal. They didn't want me there. I was rubbish. So I got into sailing, hence me living in cows and the other way. Over sailing. And suddenly we're in the football space. So we're at these games, we're in the director's suite. And you, we, we come in and drink Guinness and wear jeans. And, and apparently I have to wear a tie now and a suit and stuff like that. But it was, it was like, and I don't think the Sissu owners had been to more than a handful of games. Doug's basically gone to every game. Yeah. And he's executive chairman. And it's like he owns a fantasy football league team, but it's basically real. So if he spends 30 million on a player, he spends 30 million quid, not just funny money. And they got into the playoffs, you'll, you'll probably remember, against Luton and, and went out on the penalty. And there were 21 kings, you know, members of the King family in the Royal Box. It's the most kings ever in the Royal Box, yeah? Most kings ever. <laughs> we're all in the Royal Box. I didn't know who this bloke, they spoke. David James comes up to me and says, hello, I'm David. I said, okay, who are you? That's not, that's bad, isn't it? My girlfriend had a go at me about that because she said, but will. But I've never been into football, but I love the fans, love the community. So as Doug's ownership has evolved, he's been a big shareholder in King of Shades over the years. And, um, and I guess, he wants my brand, our brand, with our surname on it to be successful. And long story short, with a front of shirt sponsor. And now I have to go to games and like behave myself, Dave, and not go into Singer's Corner and um, try and be a little bit badly behaved and a, bit, a little bit, um, I don't know, just different. But Doug King owns Commentary City. King of Shades, the front of shirt sponsor. Has it had any effects on sales? We've seen a small increase in sales at the CV1 postcode. I'm sure there are many teams that like Liverpool and Manchester and Newcastle and Sunderland and Ipswich and Norwich and whoever who really don't care that Will's King of Shades brand is involved with Cov, 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 um, play up beside Blues. But going back to tie us back to the Beckham stuff, he signed a deal with Gillette 2003 to be their brand ambassador, and they gave him a $53,000 diamond-encrusted Max 3 turbo razor. Yes, they did, being David. A couple, two years later, this guy rings me up called, um, goodness me, oh, he was the chairman of Chelsea anyway, um, Peter, somebody, CEO, didn't know who he was, and he says, I'd like John Terry to talk to you about King of Shades. Didn't know who John Terry was because I'm a sailing guy, yeah? And I was just about to go sailing across the Atlantic. So I kind of said, I'll get back to you um, in a few weeks. I was going to sail across the Atlantic and then to the Caribbean, up to Grenada and back. And then got back and they said, do you, do you know who John Terry is? And Doug goes, well, what the F? I know who John Terry is. He's like Chelsea captain, probably next England captain. Why, why are you asking? He says, well, he wants to do a deal with King of Shades. He says, really? And we did a deal with John Terry. And uh, the, weirdly, the highlight of that was Mourinho was huge at that time. Jose Mourinho, the chosen one. JT, I think, was 24. 
because I'm not in the football, I really just couldn't. Nice to meet you, John. Very nice. Good. Yeah. If it's sailing, but yeah, but different. Yeah. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. Well done, mate. Good. You know, don't let this down. Um, Jose Mourinho, when we signed a deal in Stamford Bridge, like we're all in this big glass room, and then up the escalator, Jose was coming, and this guy says, Hey, the manager's coming. And everybody was transfixed on this guy, yeah? Like, everyone ignored me, and they, were, they just like completely thought they're signing a half million pound deal with me. Oh, Jose Mourinho, yeah? And, and, and one of the guys, made a seat at Chelsea who was there, Aaron Lincoln, Jose, he says, Yeah, Jose, come in here. Like, and this guy comes in, like, it's quite short. Could not give a shit. Yeah? Like, <laughs> I mean, pissed off. He was even being summoned into the room, yeah? And I was the only one who got to shake hands with him and stuff. And I just thought, you know, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'm not in <laughs> football, but well done, Jose. You're the chosen one. And they go, oh, my God. He's going to shake. I want to talk to him about, you know. And that was the effect that I think... Um, yeah, that type of character had on Chelsea at that time. And, of course, they went on to win the championship and the, the Prem. I think the FA Cup, JT. He was then made England captain over Stevie G. Um, and it was surreal. And now brother owns Coventry City. Cov, cov, cov. Um, play up your sky blues. And I have to go to games. And <laughs> come on, Coventry. Absolutely love that. Um, love that story. And... Obviously, the um, the Coventry um, City link as well. Um, so, one thing I ask you: so, when you're not running King of Shaves, um, I know you're big on your sailing, but when you're not sailing, um, right, what are your other um, main hobbies and interests as well? So, I have a thing about chairs, Dave. Uh, okay. Mid mid century modern chairs in particular. So that's basically chairs that were designed and made, let's say, between the early 50s, late 50s, 60s, up till, I don't know, late 90s. So obviously being the king, I have to have a throne, sit on, of course. Of course, but yep. In 1989, I bought in Greenwich Market a, um, a chair, it's called a heart chair, for 79 quid. And it was beautifully designed. And if you Google, I think, you know, Jorgen, J-O-R-G-E-N, heart chair, you'll see it. And it's now worth 23,000 euros. Oh, wow. <laughs> so my love of chairs is every person should have a special chair. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a you know, 20,000 pound chair. It just be a special chair, not an Ikea chair or a you know, chair that you just sit on. It's just a bit of a shitty chair. But when you're making big decisions in your life, as, you, as a king would sit on the throne or a queen, you, you have a chair that you sort of sit in, yeah? And I love that. And I've always had a love of design and contemporary, you know, furniture and styling and this and that. I'm looking at a certain table I'm looking at at the moment, which if you go over there, that is a table I'm looking at. That's a 1,500 pound piece of Arcana table from 1969. And if you look at the oh, wow. chair there, it's a, that's a carbon fiber. That's a carbon one of one, carbon fiber chair made out of carbon. So I could pick it up like that and it's very light. So like the sailing. And then behind it, there's a ghost chair by Philip Stark, if you can see that, because it's clear. Right, so nice. I have a love of that. So 
So I have a website called Coconuts, C-O-C-O-N-U-X uk. I couldn't get coconuts, but coconuts was close enough to King's Coconuts. But Coconuts, N-U-X. And on it, I basically had some of my own furniture and I, I like have a little side hustle passion in, in buying and selling mid-century modern chairs and furniture. So viewers, do you, you won't remember Lovejoy? It's an antique dealer sort of thing from the 80s. Lovejoy with Ian McShane. I'm basically a modern day Lovejoy, yeah? And you have to look at it to see it. So I do that. And that's, that's delightful. In Cows, we have a small retail outlet, and it's on, on our website at Coconuts. Obviously, sailing. Um, so I'm going around the world in a couple of years, um, probably on the Oyster World Rally in a sailing yacht. So I've sailed across the Atlantic in 2005. I was the UK's youngest sailing instructor in the 1980s in Cows. I've spent my life sailing. Um, that's my love and passion. And that's what I'd be doing when I'm not shaving lives. I enjoy saving. So do that. Um, over the arc, you know, I, a lot of people I have asked my and I help. I'm just trying to help a lot of people to realize their um, dreams and passions. Um, you know, pro bono, because, you know, I don't particularly like charging for it. Um, if you can get hold of me and I can help you, then I will. But, you know, I'm not a business coach or anything like that. It could be. Maybe I should be, but just just like helping people. Um, big labour, um, always big labour politically. So I'm excited to try and get some um, decent labour people in the government next um, spring, either white and otherwise. Um, Dougie, my brother, by his labour. Um, and other, other than that, just blessed to be alive at 58 and have a son, Cameron, who plays number eight for um, Bedford. So I went to see him play on Saturday. That was a 12-hour round trip. Up early on the ferry, drive out to Bedford, watch him play for a couple of hours, then drive back on the ferry, leave at nine, back at nine. But they won 51-19, oh yes. Nice one. And um, if you Google Cameron King, Bedford Blues, he's, I hope, on the hit list for playing England number eight position in the England squad down the track. He played England number 18s um, when he was younger. Um, so he's doing very well. Dad's still alive, which is amazing, at 91. I didn't mention my mum passed away earlier this year at 89, but that's basically an older version of me with a dodgy knee. Um, and, you know, blessed that Dad's still alive. And, and then just, you know, enjoy my life, um, Dad. Um, I've been blessed. I've not had a boss 30 years, yeah? I, I've arguably redefined and, and in, innovated and created an industry sector that until I launched was only Gillette. Yeah, it was only Gillette for nearly 100 years. Nobody challenged them. Yeah, that's, I'm proud that we opened, you know, other people believing that they could challenge the big guy. And, you know, moving forwards, hoping the world gets to be a better, happier place, a kinder place than it is right now. And like I think I said to you at the start, I, I do these sort of interviews, um, pods. I get a lot of inbound to do stuff, yeah? Um, and I just, I don't know, the way you ask me to do it, normally it comes with PR, normally it comes with this, well, will you know? But I think how you ask me to do it, David, and 
the context and how it's shaving has changed your life. Hundred percent, I think, and for the happier. Absolutely, it's lies. Yeah, it's lies. And if a few people listen to this and perhaps look at their lives, and don't have, you don't have to shave, guys got a beard. You just do as long as you're happy. But if you are going to shave, invest in what you're using, how you're doing it, because that's a reflection on you as an individual. Yeah, if you use shit, it's going to be a bit shit. And we all deserve better than shit lives. Um, I've actually loved your insights. Um, also, there's like David versus Goliath story as well. Um, Thank you. And also, like the your hobbies and interests. Um, I quite like the your interest in furniture. It's, it's quite different. Um, sounds pretty cool as well. Um, th there's one question I ask every guest that comes on here. So, if you were in your shave den, um, I mean, I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you this anyway. Um, what hardware and software would you pick up? Um, like, would you go out on a spending spray or would you like reach down into the bargain bin? Okay, so it's really easy for me. So, when we launched our Hyperglide Razor in 2014, which I genuinely thought was going to, you know, I think change everything, it used a technology, um, a, a, a material characteristic, well, super hydrophilic. So super water loving. So basically, we designed a razor cartridge that when you wetted it, and you can still buy them on eBay. You can find them and try them yourself. Um, they're quite rare now. It basically created its own shaving gel on the cartridge, and you could just add water and shave. So it's a bit like an Apple iPhone where it had no keys on it. Yeah, that was the game changer for yeah, blew up Nokia. So Nokia had a 64% market share. Then it had nothing within a few years. I would use a hyperglide shaver. I wouldn't use any King of Shea shaving gel. I would just buy one, put it in the hot water, and make sure my stubble's wet. When you shave, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to be sure that you've wetted out your hair because if it's dry, it has the same tensile strength as copper wire. And that's if you try and shave a bit of copper wire, copper wire, not easy with your resume. If you wet your hair, it loses 90% of its strength. So you must wet out and that's a secret in barbershops they put the towel yeah then leave it and that's thoroughly making sure that the water gets inside the hair follicle so, so when you slice it it will slice it's a bit like trying to slice say parsley frozen bread yeah on the outside it's soft but the inside is still frozen and it won't well and i would i would use a hyperglide razor and just basically get a wine glass as i did famously if you google Will King, the Hyperglide Shave Insurance um, Shave Water. I was at a talk, and this guy bets me, who's was the head of direct line insurance. He says, I bet you can't shave my beard just with water. I said, I bet I can. <laughs> I took his wine glass, filled it with hot water, weighed his beard out, shaved it with a Hyperglide razor, no shaving foam, the chill. And it's online, and you can see me do it. In a I'm going to shut that out. In Soho. So I would simply basically grab a hyperglide and um, shave my life. Brilliant. I love that. And again, I just love that story. Um, I just want to say um, thanks again um, for your great insight as well. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Um, you know, for people that might uh, that out there, they're interested in, it's just, it's probably, I'll be honest, more on the software side. Um, where can people find you online? Okay, so with King of Shades, we're in the major retailers in the high streets, with the exception of Tesco, Boo, 
because the boy was bearded years ago and we had an issue with him. Double boo. But <laughs> is what it is. We're in um, all the retailers with the exception of Tesco. Um, Amazon, we're the, one of the best selling share brands on Amazon. Obviously, people don't necessarily like Amazon, but we, we do very good business there. Really post-COVID um, because of what happened there. We obviously have our own um, e-commerce website at shave.com or kingshaves.com, which we launched in 1999. Um, and, you know, if I was advising you, you know, shaving today, if you do shave, probably, you know, I would always go for our shaving oil because you can see where you're shaving, lasts for ages, it's a useful product, or the um, antibacterial shave gel because... Even if you're not, if you're younger, this is maybe younger people. If you're, if you've got problems with skin, bit of acne, bit of rosacea, bit of you know painful, because the formulation is so good, it's a very rich face wash that lathers and lubricates, as well as a shave gel, and a lot of people use it as a face wash, as well as shave gel. So get an get King Shaves anti back, I think four ninety nine, two fifty mil, um, and um. Don't just shave King of Shaves. Absolutely love it. Um, again, um, wish, you, wish you guys all the best at King of Shaves. Also, Coventry City. Um, I, know, I, know been, I know it's been a tough season so far, but it could be worse. I have friends who are QPR fans, so um, I think they're below you guys. But um, Yeah, I went to an away game last year and we beat them um, QPR away, which is funny. It was a Shanghai Regan and... Um, Look, Doug said it for the long haul. Um, they won on Saturday against Millwall. They had to sell a couple of star players last season. They're in the contract. Doug, Doug, you know, always, I'd always back my brother. Yeah, I'd always back my brother. Um, he, he hates to lose. So basically, he hates to lose. So that the truth is in the um, hates to lose. So it ends up winning. Um, but real pleasure, David. Um, I look forward to um, you getting the episode out. I can be found, willatshave.com is my email. I'm on Twitter, I'm William King, and Instagram, The King of Shaves. So hit me up. Um, I'm just like you guys that enjoy shaving, don't endure it. Understood. Thanks again. If you've got any other updates, you're always welcome on it anytime. Thank you, David. Enjoy your evening. Sorry. We have to shift it from last week. Quite a busy week, but I'm delighted to catch up with you early this week. Thanks very much for your time. Pleasure. Um, well, that's it from Will and I. Thanks for listening, and hopefully episode 37 is just around the corner. If you'd like to come on a podcast, please let me know. You can contact me via Twitter and Instagram at Dispatch Don't forget, you can get your very own Retro Wet Shaving Podcast merch from T-shirts, mugs, stickers, phone, and iPad covers. Head over to redbubble.com and search for the Retro Wet Shaving Podcast. I'll also include a link in the show description. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to show your appreciation and make a small donation and buy me a coffee, please visit www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash dispatching shaver. Catch you next time and happy shaving.